0: This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station.
1: Shall we begin? Hi everyone, I'm Otis Milburn. I'm new here, I'm with the whole Mordell secondary team. Thank you. I just wanted to let you know a little bit about myself. I spend a lot of my free time thinking about sex. (laughs) I live and breathe sex, all day, every day. Thinking about sex comes very naturally because I learn everything I know about sex from my (laughs) mum.
0: you're brave to sharing wait
1: no please no don't have i'm not in a sexual relationship with my mother Later,
0: for goodness sake, just tell them you're a sex therapist
1: yes i am bfm 89.9 you are listening to popcorn culture with Arvind and sharmila and we are reviewing sex education the final season season four on today's episode so full disclosure uh we wanted to review this weeks ago when it first dropped on Netflix uh, it ended about 2 weeks ago 3 weeks yes. ago now i think well about, it all came that. out
0: at once last so it's been a couple it's been nearly 3 weeks i think
1: yeah about 3 weeks um, but then other stuff popped up and things took a different priority so it got delayed for a bit but it is a very important show and a very good show also so we figured like better late than never um and also since we've never reviewed any of the seasons on our show ever i think we thought Let's do it now because since it is the final season, like when else, right?
0: Actually, I'm really glad that we waited a bit because I didn't want to binge the last season. Um, mm-hmm. I like this show so much. Um, I can't believe we we've, we've already come to the end of it, and it's season four. I I wanted to take my time, and we did. I mean, and and it's it, it's been it's been a really nice send off for what has been a really strong show that feels very off its time, right? I mean people would probably criticize it a little bit for saying that it maybe tries a little too hard to be off its time. Um, It kind of sometimes has this vibe of like checking boxes almost. But overall, I really enjoyed my journey with sex education. Um, And and looking back at the very first season and how bold it felt and, and how like sort of genre redefining this whole idea of the teen sex comedy, except it's on TV, except it's set in this little town in the UK. Um, And it's about both kids in a high school, as well as a boy's relationship with his mother. And there's so much there. The family
1: dynamic stuff is so strong in this show. Um, Also, I completely agree on the trying too hard. But I think in a way, that's also one of my favorite things about the show, Mm. that it's so unashamed to be that bold and that sort of like brutish about what it wants to say, right? Um, So there's no real way to get into the plot of season four without spoiling the rest of the show. So I'll just give like a general synopsis of what sex education is about for people who are unfamiliar. Um, It mostly revolves around a high school kid named Otis Milburn um, that you heard in the clip, played by Asa Butterfield, um, who starts an unofficial sex counselor gig at school and becomes extremely popular for obvious reasons mm-hmm. la. Um, and he has a crush on a girl named Maeve who also helps him run the clinic and he's best friends with Eric who is not the main character but man this guy like steals the show la, with like serious Major main, main character, character energy, energy. yeah, N- right? like, <laughs> like all the way um, and of course like there's like school drama about relationships uh, parenting being inclusive teacher-student dynamics um, and the many 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 different experiences of not just growing up, but also dealing with sexual experiences.
0: The show's been getting a lot of praise for being sex positive, right? And, and mm-hmm. you know, how that sits with you, uh, whether that's something you think is good is perhaps something that's best left for a different discussion. But that's what... And like you we said... We have 20 minutes. We've we have got 20, 20 minutes on so, the show. So yeah, ethics and values and morals is not what <laughs> we're going to maybe talk about today. Uh, but I do think that... Um, it's very realistic about the kinds of things young people hear and talk about and worry about and maybe experience depending on what kind of uh, social circle you're in. Um, and like you said, I mean, I like the show's not shy it it wears its politics and its leanings on its sleeve. it very much believes in this in these messaging uh, in this messaging that it puts out, and that's kind of nice, right for a show that wants to create um inclusivity um, and openness in this conversation around sex and bodies and gender identities, that it doesn't compromise up till season four. It still carries on. Um, What I like, though, is while season one started off being about primarily Otis and Maeve, and then uh, Eric was kind of like the second thing that we cared about the most. By season four, I felt like there were so many other characters that I was equally, if not more, attached to. Um, And I was really glad to see them developed in ways that I never expected. Adam, for instance, who um, starts off as the principal's son, who... um, very, he was a bully in season one. He was this very mm. awful bully, and then to see his journey, um, you know, to season four, his relationship with his dad. There's so much that this show gets into. Uh, Amy, for instance, um, who yeah. is like in the early seasons, kind of flighty, fluffy girl, who over the course of the show experiences a, a traumatizing event, and and how she kind of contends with it while still remaining that sweet. Fun person. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. There's just, as I think about it, there's so much that I enjoyed about season four.
1: And the the, the arcs that some characters take because of the the gravity of their situations, like you mentioned um, traumatizing event, right? Those traumatizing events are not played for just plot points. Like they are plot mm. points, but they're not used to be, I don't know, like like a propelling thing in season two alone. And then you forget about it in season three. Something that happened to her in, I don't know if this was season one or two, carries on in the following seasons. And then the, the resolution happens like much, much, much later, right? Um, I also want to say that I didn't realize how important this show was to me, like personally, until it it ended. Like I followed it yeah. since the, right? Like the first season, um, it's my second favorite show on Netflix, next next to Stranger Things. Um, and I think it's it's very easy to label this as just another raunchy Netflix thing um, and it is very raunchy, it is very dirty but I think it's a, it's a testament to the show that 90% or 95% of what, of, of what it's discussing we cannot talk about in this review because of censorship guidelines um, among other things. So like I said right, the show is so unashamed to tackle extremely tricky difficult subjects in a way that's funny but also as a, a legit conversation. Like not just to sell sex, which is something that most shows do, but to actually have discussions and conversations about these things.
0: And because of that, the scenes that do involve sex or, um, you know, sexual relationships or even conversations around the subject are never never just that, right? It's never about like a visual shock. It's usually there to either illustrate a point or it's there to maybe make you even feel uncomfortable or kind of taken aback. Um, but then to also underscore that this is the reality for many people. Um, some of the scenes are funny and, and when they're funny, they're really, really funny. But it also reminds you that actually, yeah, these experiences can be funny or embarrassing or deeply uncomfortable for people. And and the mov- the movie, the TV show, actually, the fact that I almost said movie also gets me thinking about how the reason all of these things are done so well is because it's a TV show, right? So it gets to develop Mm -hmm. things over episodes and over seasons and not just in sort of a throwaway one and a half hour plot. And I think that's really important. It's so, so important, I think. Um,
1: Also, you mentioned the comedy and and how some things are played for laughs, right? I love that the show is so conscious of... Like you said, making things that are embarrassing funny. Uh, you have the awkward moments. You have all these moments that make you cringe and they are like, make you squeamish. And you're like, oh my God, no, he's in such a, he or she is in such a difficult situation. But the show never, ever, ever makes fun of the people going through those things. Yes. In a way that shames them. Um, I, I don't know if I'm wording it correctly or not, but it's never used as a punchline. So it's not punching down. It's like, yes, this is a, a weird, weird situation to be in and it is funny and you can laugh. But there's nothing inherently wrong with the person who's going through that situation for doing that thing that put them in that situation.
0: Yes, because at the heart of it, the show is about mental health and opening up and having mm-hmm. conversations, right? And he doesn't lose sight of that because we didn't say yet, but the reason Otis sort of decides that he he's going to be this amateur sex therapist is because his mother is a, is, is a mental health professional and she mm-hmm. is a sex therapist. Um, and so the the... Umbrella of the show is actually really that these are experiences and problems that everyone goes through and that it's particularly difficult when you are at a certain age and you feel like you might be alone in this and that you should talk to people. And And I think that for a show that seems to believe that, it is important that they not shame people for having problems.
1: Yeah. Oh, I, I definitely want to come back to the part about mental health. Um, especially for this season, right? But oh, yeah. We're going to, yeah, especially for this season. Um, so we're going to take a quick break, but let us know have you seen Sex Education? Have you seen the final season? What did you think about the final season? You can WhatsApp us 018 789 8899. You can also reach us at BFM Radio on X and on Instagram. And you can write to us at movies at BFM.my.
0: Become fabulous millionaires. BFM 89.9. People are doing all these new things, and sometimes feel like I'm getting left behind. And I don't know that you're coming back. I want us to be friends.
1: I want to know who you are. I want to hear your voice.
0: You have to believe that you deserve good things. You have to love yourself. You should try and enjoy the journey.
1: It doesn't last forever. No, I do. BFM 89.9, you are listening to Popcorn Culture with Arvin and Sharmila. And we are talking about sex education season four or the final season of sex education, um, a show that we both really like, and we've both followed since its first season, a really, really strong show. So I, I wanted to say, right, we spoke a bit about how the show focuses on mental health uh, before the break. And, I want to say that this season is not perfect. It's far from perfect. None of the seasons are perfect, actually. Um, but this season had the huge, huge, huge job of tying up everyone's story in a way that would satisfy us because they are such strong characters, I think. Um, and I think like the, the, the highlight of this season is how it matured with the characters and the sexuality of the show matured as well. So they get into some stuff that would make people squeamish still, but they focused more on how relationships affect our worldview and and mental health um like sex became a, a fraction of the overall conversation whereas before it was primarily the conversation and then, and then you'd have stuff like branching out but now it just became like one of the things that the kids have to deal with because they're off to college right and they've grown so it's not like the number one thing in their lives anymore
0: yeah i i love that actually because you know the mental health aspects that the show brings in isn't just about what they're going through. It's also, for instance, um, Otis's mom, who's played by Gillian Anderson, her own um, acceptance that maybe she uh, needs help, that she might need to see a, a professional. Even that is a is sort of a huge plot point in this season. Um, there's a really strong thread about um, one particular character, Cal, played by Dua Saleh, um, who... Is a newish character, um, and I didn't expect that we would go down that path. Um, and and that was, it's a tough subject to handle. Um, and the show managed to handle handle it really, really well. And in a way that didn't just you know sometimes when they introduce they sort of, um, what's the word for it like a like a like a pulpit subject, you know, like a, mm. this subject is quote-unquote important. It feels like it's separate from the rest of the show. But somehow, Sex Education managed to wrap up Cal's story in a way that felt like it was very much of a piece with the rest of the show, especially the way the other characters in the show would come together.
1: Nothing felt uh, tokenistic. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I, I, and I love that you said um, of a piece, right? Because I wanted to get your thoughts on this. To me, sex education season four felt like the reunion season that happens years and years after a show has ended. You know, Uh, like season one to three felt of a piece, like of a story. Um, It had a start and and an end. And I think like if you stopped at season three, you would be fine. Like season three had a fantastic ending. Yeah. And I wanted to know how you felt about season four and whether it felt like a 0.5 or a hey, everyone's back sort of season.
0: Oh, you saying it actually just hit Hit it home for me, um, because I'd been trying to kind of work out what that feeling was that I had. Um, mm. You know, it did, because there are many things that are different. For instance, they're not in their high; they are old school anymore. So they are all going to this new school this year because of things that happened in season three that we can't talk about. Um, and so it, it does feel a little bit like you come back and you're like, oh, are we? And then they are. Like, There are other new characters that are introduced as well. Some of the older characters that you were pretty invested in are not around anymore. Um, So you're right, actually. Um, My feelings for season four is that of, in a weird way, like a a nostalgic revisit, even though it's actually not that long after season three. Um, It might also have to do with the fact that season three did feel like a very, very good ending.
1: I felt like it was the perfect ending. I thought it was the end of the series and I would have been completely fine if it stopped stopped there. Um, Because I think like, I I love the new characters that they introduce. um, And like you said, it is a new setting. And I feel like many of these characters were shortchanged by only having a single season arc. Like like the college situation could have been a whole three seasons on its own. Like sex, sex education, high school, and then the college years, right? But it felt like... I don't know. I, I miss the old school and the old vibe a bit. But in a way, maybe that's also why I like this season a lot. Like it worked for me because it had that nothing lasts forever sort of feeling and, and vibe and lesson to it.
0: Season four is never going to be my favorite, I think. Um yeah. And it's primarily because of that. I just felt that. I wanted more of the characters and the story arcs that I love from the previous seasons. Um, but I did feel that these new characters that were introduced took up time away from those those characters, the ones that I already knew. And it's it's unfortunate because the new characters are interesting. But like you said, look, they're not allowed to develop. Um, there's not enough time actually to... So you have like six important stories that have carried through for four seasons. And then now you have four more new stories that they add to it. And everything needs to be wrapped up in eight episodes. It's a bit too much, lah. And and you you can only invest your emotions in so many things.
1: Yeah. And also you get the, the typical Netflix thing of making the, the final episode like movie length, like feature length. Yeah. It, it was one and a half hours. So it's it's basically a movie. Um also on like a slightly lighter note um, I have a weird theory about the show, and and I can't remember if this was addressed or they established this. But it's like they live in a world where it is the '90s, but today's technology exists. Like they message, they text, they use social media. Yeah. I think I think they have social media. They have some tablets that. Oh, they do, do. Some uh, especially
0: sort of... and and yeah, they have okay. And those tablets are like weirdly futuristic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, they do post stuff on social media, like the video of Otis goes viral, so they definitely have it. Uh, So I thought that was
1: like an internal college platform thing. (laughs) They've they've never mentioned like TikTok or YouTube. um, But they also use stuff like CRT monitors. They listen to 90s music. um, Literally, someone's listening to Spice Girls um in in a in a core scene right um they dress like it's the 90s they play video games on old nintendos it's very cool like like it gives the show a, a visual language but i also found it a bit odd um, like what year is this actually like what are, what are we looking at like when is this
0: so i think it works primarily because they decided to set set it in this small relatively unfamiliar British town, right? Uh, where you're kind of like, oh, maybe everybody in this town does live like this. Like they have technology, but they're also stuck in the 90s. Because if the same story was set in, say, London, you wouldn't buy it. You wouldn't buy that people um, not behave, but like interact this way. And actually the small town quality of it, I mean, we don't have a lot of time left, but the small town quality of the show is something that I think really works because There's a sweetness at the heart of everyone's behavior and their interactions with each other. They walk back and forth from school through like the woods. You know, they cycle on like cliff sides. Um, And it feels very, like it's a kind of life that feels like inherently there's a goodness permeating everything that happens.
1: I I love the small town vibes. Um, I love the whole town that they're in. Um, The most progressive small town in the world. The most inclusive, progressive um, correct town in the entire universe um, which has one radio like a, station
0: that Gillian Anderson
1: goes on <laughs> such a cozy radio station yeah. like wouldn't you like would I like we we like wouldn't you want to work in that I station I mean
0: I like my job I like our station but I felt <laughs> jealous watching that I'm like why isn't this my life <laughs>
1: Um, do you have like a, a favorite character on the show? I, I have my answers. Like it's it's top three.
0: My favorite character is hands down Eric. Eric is such yeah. a ray of sunshine. He and 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 not in a cheesy way. He's had a tough journey to get where to he where he is. Mm-hmm. Um and uh, Shuti Gatwa plays him and I just love him unreservedly.
1: Oh he he's definitely my my top top three. Um, but I think my two favorites are either Amy or Isaac. So it, it it oscillates between them I I love their characters um, but Eric also is like you know it, it 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 can change depending on the scene and depending on the episode
0: if we're doing seconds and thirds then it's definitely Adam and Amy um top 3 so Eric Amy Adam
1: yeah yeah so like Not Otis the, uh. I I think I loved Otis until season 2 or 3 yeah, and then this same. season I was like I I've had enough of Otis and his problems and the stuff that he's going through and then I like I'd like others to share the the spotlight or the love um, would you want, would you have wanted more from Sex Ed given the chance?
0: You know, I don't think so. I would have been happy even if it stopped at season three. Um, I, I'm happy to revisit. I think I can see myself re-watching the show. Yeah, yeah, same. I think it
1: ended perfectly. Um, but I would highly, highly recommend to anyone who hasn't seen the Shola. Um, it's not just like like we said, right, it doesn't just use sex as a plot point. It's not just trying to be like a raunchy Netflix thing. It takes advantage of the streaming service censorship uh, guidelines or whatever they have. And they tell really important stories, like including the very, very uncomfortable parts about growing up and sexual experiences and all that. But anyway uh we've been talking about the final season of sex education have you seen it did you like it do you want to get into it if you haven't seen any of the the episodes or you haven't started let us know at 018-789-8899. you can also reach us at bfm radio on X on Instagram or you can write to us at movies at bfm.my